What is up, Red Raider Nation? Welcome into episode 15 of the Lone Raider Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am your host, Jonah Young, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Nathan. Is that really Chris Evans? Zuniga, what's up, Zuni? What up, what up, Jonah? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing uh, pretty good myself, but how you doing tonight, man? How's I'm doing pretty good. You know, not too bad, not too bad. You know, taking a massive dub on Saturday. Love um, to see Didn't it. have to watch my Saints this point on Sunday, so I actually had a pretty good weekend, you know? It's good, man. <laughs> How'd you do in fantasy? You win that game at all? Uh, I won one of my fantasy leagues. Yes. One of them. Uh, so, right. yeah, I, I started off 2-0 in that league, and then I dropped three in a row, which was just disappointing. And then I finally... um. I got back to the column last week, and now I'm up to two and zero again. So, you know, looking to not repeat the same pattern, though. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about consistency from here on out. But hey, you know what? We we coach the process, not the result. At the end of the day, right? Hey, love to hear it. <laughs> love to hear it. Good quote. That's one of my favorite <laughs> quotes, honestly. Like you, you can apply that to virtually anything in life. Like you know what? We don't coach the result. We coach the process around here. So <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we're about on Lone Air Podcast. Process. But uh, on today's episode, we will be recapping uh, this Saturday's matchup versus West Virginia and be previewing this Saturday's matchup against the Baylor Bears. As per usual, we'll kick off this podcast with a Redder recap, good Triple R segment. But before I get into that, I want to remind all of you guys to go follow our social media accounts. That is at Lone Raider Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also stream us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. But regardless of where you're listening, welcome in to your sixth favorite Texas Tech sports podcast uh, brought to you by the fans who give a damn. So let's go ahead and jump right into a little uh, soccer and volleyball update. Last time we left off for Texas Tech soccer, we'll go ahead and start off with that one. Uh, I've played two games since then. The first of two was against Kansas as they went into Lawrence and beat the Jayhawks with a final score of 2-1. to one. Though they would fall behind early to a goal from Kansas' Shira Inalov, I think that's how you pronounce her name, in the fourth minute. Texas Tech would respond with one of their own just literally a minute later in the fifth minute by Ashley Williams. Uh, I believe that was her first of two goals that night. Um, she would later score the uh, the next goal in the 57th minute. Yes, she scored her ne- second goal in the 57th minute to give Texas Tech the two to one victory over Kansas. Awesome. You love to see it. You love to see these tough fought road victories as well. And um, very deserving team to come out of there. Just, just grinding on the road. They, they have, they have a pretty damn good road record. I think their road record might actually be better than their home record. So, which is, um, they're really surprised. I could be very wrong about that, but don't, don't take my word for it, but it seemed to always show up on the road, which is awesome. Uh, up next, they would play the uh, Baylor bears on a senior night and uh, would actually become triumphant over Baylor on senior night. Great way to send these girls out on their last home match at the John Walker Soccer Complex. Uh, this one was um, tied for a very long time until a goal from Charlotte Teeter, who put the Red Raiders ahead 1-0 to in the 77th minute of the game. Later on 
in the 89th minute, Giselle Kozarski gives Texas Tech the game ceiling goal as Texas Tech defeats Baylor 2-0 at the John Walker Soccer Complex. Texas Tech advances to 9-3-5 on the season. They'll play their final game of the regular season in Fort Worth against TCU this Thursday, October 27th at 7 p.m. Uh, right before they head into the Big 12 tournament. And hopefully, can make some noise happen, come out with a dub in that one. Take Officially take home the Big 12 title. Awesome. Love to see it. And a quick volleyball update, and I mean super quick volleyball update. This is uh, not really uh, – it's, it's been a tough go for these girls on the court. Um, they have dropped their last three games um, right after they had that big victory against Oklahoma. Uh, they lost to Kansas three sets to two, lost to Baylor uh, three sets to one, and Iowa State three sets to zero. They will play number two Texas in Austin this Wednesday, October 26th. At 7 p.m., um, Texas Tech volleyball is now 14 and seven on the season. Like they, they really, they really start off strong. They start off so hot, just get down stretch. They just kind of hit this little, this little grind period that they have right now. But they're, they're going to get through it. They are going to get through it. They have still several matches. Left. I think they have about yeah six or seven matches left to go. So they'll get through it. You know, this is just, this is just a minor bump in the road. You know, they're, they're going to get back on top. They're going to, you know, secure some more dubs down the road. I mean, 14 and 7, that still ain't bad. You know, obviously, you know, you dropped a 3 and 5 in conference play. That's not good, but you still have, like I said, seven, eight matches left to make up for it. So we're, we're going to get through it. All right. <laughs> we're going to get through it. <laughs> and with that said, that will go ahead and wrap up our uh, Triple R segment. Pretty, um, pretty quick Triple R segment, like I said it was going to be. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the recap analysis that we have. So this past Saturday, um, West Virginia came in to Lubbock and uh, left pretty beaten up, pretty uh, um, pretty badly. You know, they they <laughs> they like really whooped up on West Virginia this past Saturday in Lubbock. Uh, it was a homecoming for Graham Harrell, you know, and his offense was just absolutely stagnant as Tech's defense really rose up in this one. Zuni, give me your thoughts on this game, man. Uh, my thoughts was I should have gone with my original prediction or my second <laughs> prediction of 42-10. I would have been a lot closer to the I believe it was 42-12. 42-12. There you go. That's what it was. Re- regardless, I should have trusted my gut and just uh, went with the blowout loss <laughs> no this was a good this was a good win and uh, honestly that's nice to see that uh just just to throw out some just quick points um of our team nice to see our o-line step it up in the rum game it's kind of uh they progressively are getting better at it wow that's awesome starting to mesh so it's good to see since you know there were some concerns early in the season and now we're starting to see something happen there as far as our quote-unquote weakest unit. But, I mean, regardless, these guys are going to come out to play every time is what I've noticed. And we go for it on fourth down, too. I guess that's the mantra, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Really been- <laughs> What's the point? No. You know, what is that? And you know what? Honestly, I love it. It's kind of uh, – you. C- that's kind of the, the style of football you got to do this season. You got to win these gritty games by being a gritty team, you know. But um, that's good to see. And Brett Morin, Wow. Uh, seeing him Brett full Moore? action. Is that what Brett you said? Moore. Oh, Baron Moore. Am I not? Baron Morton. Baron <laughs> Morton. Pardon me. 
uh kids nice man that release is so quick and it it's really uh took this offense into like a second gear like these past couple of weeks have we've been running plays like crazy but um yeah overall defense stood uh, stood out of course i mean strength of our team better bread and butter but uh it was a good team win um good to see one where we finally you know had a complete game. I guess we can finally say that. Well, what would you to say to that, Jenna? Would you agree or disagree? I would absolutely uh, agree. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to hit on that you brought up. The offensive line seemed to play very, very well. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, right tackle Matt Keeler stepping in, getting his first career start for the injured Monroe Mills. He played a hell of a good game um, mm-hmm. for you know being being a second guy on this already kind of. Um, Let's just say, like, Make I don't, don't want to say weak. No. I just want to say inconsistent offensive line, you mm-hmm. know. And I thought Matt Keeler had an absolute outstanding game. I think uh, you know his future Texas Tech is pretty pretty damn bright, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, granted, West Virginia didn't really have a great pass rush to begin with. You know, they typically only rush um, rush four like at all times, not really one to bring a ton of blitz. You know, kind of get fancy with the blitzes mm-hmm. and everything. So Texas Tech was able to pick that up pretty pretty easily. Uh, you mentioned going for it on fourth down as well. There were six of seven on fourth down in this game, which you know is just demoralizing if you're on the defensive side to watch that. You know that. Yeah, it, it really takes it away. Yeah, it's um very demoralizing. It's almost like uh, getting consecutive three-point baskets in basketball. It's kind of how that feels, you know? <laughs> it's all awesome. Three-pointer, cool. We're going to come back, take a bucket. We missed. Come right back. Three buckets. It's it's very demoralizing, yeah, for sure, those fourth downs. But, hey, man, I, I love it. It's, uh, it's kind of the mentality that we've taken on. You know, we've been doing that for a couple weeks now, so – Hey, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, as evidence of uh, some of our previous games. But yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the one time you didn't make it, they just basically sent an all-out blitz. They sacked Baron Morton, and yeah, like although that that's probably my one little nitpick. I don't really have a ton, um, ton of, like little you know big emphasis on this game, like as far as being in the negatives. Because I mean, you, you beat a team forty-eight to ten at home. Like I'm not really gonna you know, complain too much yeah. at all, yeah. especially because you played such a complete game. And it really felt like Texas Tech finally has that, it finally has that juice back. You come off the bye week, you're feeling great. You you uh, uh, you played five straight ranked opponents. You know, you got a little bit of rest. Now you're, you know, revitalized and you're going to go out there and you're going to dominate down the stretch, which I feel like Texas Tech really got the perfect draw in the bye week, that week seven bye where you play six games first and then you get a bye week off and then you play the, ne- the last six down the stretch, especially when the first stretch of games is just such a gauntlet that you had to get through and you still mm-hmm. managed to get out with the 500 record. And I thought that was incredible. Now, schedule gets uh, it's, it's a little bit weaker down the stretch. You know, of course, we uh, like we just mentioned, West Virginia, who is probably going to finish towards the bottom in the uh, Big 12. No, not really any shade at West Virginia, not throwing any shade towards them, but they are going to finish in the basement. Let's just put it that way. You know, a place where Texas Tech has been for a long time. And I think so, the um, Tech team could actually finish, you know, maybe in a five or six spot. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I, I was looking at the conference uh, standings earlier today, and yeah, if we beat Baylor, we're we're really we're right there. Good. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll get, to that one, uh, get to that one a little bit here. Yeah, but, but you know, getting back to that ahead, fourth but. down, uh, you know, uh, we're – where Baron got sacked, you know, obviously we're going to air towards um, 
chose side of aggression. You know, Joe McGuire has shown that he's going to be more aggressive going for on fourth down. Uh, you know, going to dial up some plays that uh, he knows have a high high chance of um, converting there. You know, obviously you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I love going for on fourth down. Like, hey, you got four downs, may as well use them. You know, but on the uh, on the uh, because your fourth down conversion is so high, it makes your third down conversion look not as good either. I think Texas was nine for twenty on third down. It's like 45%, right? So mm. it doesn't look good, but, but I don't know. Be, but you're making uh, up for it because you convert on fourth down. So Jenna, uh, not to cut you off there, just to point out a question because uh, uh, we're some football fanatics, you and me, you know, we kind of understand the lingo here, there, but uh, for the most part, there's certain situations where, you know, this is four down territory, right? Yeah. I present the question to you. Do you think uh, our head coach over here is just telling uh, Zach Kidney, he's like, hey, this entire quarter, you got your fourth downs? Or, or what do you think? You think he's telling him on the drive of, he's like, hey, this is fourth down territory. You get all four. Like, What do you think, man? Like, I, I don't know. I would actually you. I would actually really like to see how those conversations go about. Like, do you know that, you know, before the driving begins, like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're we're, gonna, we're gonna go for you, it. We're gonna use all four downs. We're, we're gonna try exactly. to get this. Exactly. You scheme. You, know? you scheme differently. You know, as an old coordinator, when you when you know you have all four downs as opposed to your third one, just to play devil's advocate towards our third down percentage. But it's just a conversation I would, I myself would like to hear. I'd love to be a fly on the wall, just in the headset right there. You know, <laughs> or something. Yeah, absolutely. Be cool. just be a little fly on the wall there. Yeah, just to listen in, just to know. Because, I mean, yeah, man, like, it's kind of a – we've been doing it now to the point where I feel like teams have to account for it. Like, there's no givens anymore that it's going to be three downs and it's a punt with our Texas Tech team, at least not this season so far of what I've seen. It's kind of set the tone since that Texas game. (laughs) We're going to live and die by it, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it's just kind of funny that, uh, you know, I was sitting here and I was uh, talking to my brother – about that, I'm like, yeah, we're six or seven on fourth down in this game. We're we're kicking some ass doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you know what? Uh, if Matt Wells is our head coach, that'd be seven punts right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's be, a, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking the same thing. You know, like we, we but, would um, probably have 20 fewer points in this game if Wells probably. Had, I, I don't want to knock him too much just because like that was just you know it's a, it's a bad era. Football, like, it, 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 it put a bad taste in our mouths. So, you know, McGuire has you know thankfully. You know, gotten rid of, and so I feel, you know, safe with McGuire and what he's doing here. But yeah, overall, you know, good uh, team win. Getting Love back to, to that one for the third time, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I thought like, yeah, man, just just go, just go for a field goal. You know, like just just take the points, go up, you know, twenty to three at the time, I think it was, and just you know, just take it from there. And um, one of the um, one of the drives though that I did see towards it uh, that I really feel like set the tone for the rest of the game was uh, right there at the end of the first half where um, they sacked Barron on that fourth down conversion. And then West Virginia was driving on us. So I, I don't, I don't know if it was that drive exactly, or maybe the next drive after that, but we were up 17 to three on West Virginia going, you know, kind of really towards the end of the, of the second quarter. West Virginia starts driving on us. Uh, they get helped out due to, I think, a penalty or two. And then they had a, they broke off a pretty big run. They had a, you know, really, really decent reception there. And so they're, they're driving on us, driving on us. And then all of a sudden, Dejon Taylor Demerson gets a pick there right in the end zone. And it's text ball, you know, going the other way. West Virginia gets the ball in the second half. So I'm thinking, like, dang, if, if West Virginia scores right there, they have all the momentum going to half, knowing that they get the ball back immediately mm-hmm. in the second half. So because of that pick, that really kind of 
shifted the tides. Like Texas Tech had all the momentum. You know, you're up by two scores at halftime, and your your defense has risen up in critical situations. So you had all the momentum. After that, I'm going like, I think Tech wins this game. I, I really do. I don't think it even gets close, and it didn't. And it was awesome. Love to see it. And I thought it was kind of crazy because it finally came full circle. I don't know if you remember this, Zuni, but uh, you want to guess who our uh, homecoming opponent was our freshman year? Was it West Virginia? It was West Virginia. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Uh, yes, uh, that was a game that my dad, my uncle, my brother had driven up from Austin to come see uh, our freshman year as well. They bought tickets to go see it. Um, home's our quarterback still. Will Greer, quarterback we, of West Virginia. Yeah, Will Greer was at West Virginia, and West Virginia absolutely just tore us up. Yeah, they did. <laughs> he just <laughs> annihilated us from the get-go. Uh, it ended up being like a 48-17 to 17 ball game. And, yeah, that was that was a brutal one to sit through. It was hot. I remember I got sunburns in that game. I was, you know, begging the, begging my dad, like, hey, dad, we can go ahead and take off, you know. Like, we, we don't need to stay and watch this abomination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they insisted staying for the whole game. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, it's, <laughs> that, that was a rough <laughs> ending. And um, thankfully made up for it by, you know, going to get some drinks afterwards. But it was um, still tough times but to see that finally come full circle to where we schedule west virginia as our homecoming game this year and we just get an absolute dominating victory over them 48 to 10 uh, it's, it's 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 nice to see you know because there was a point you didn't think that that would ever happen west virginia was on a roll there they were on you know the cusp of becoming um i don't want to say you know like a like a powerhouse but definitely a Vital contender every single year in the Big Twelve. They're really yeah. They were they were until very consistent. Holgerson obviously left. Book. Yeah. So and Holgerson, I mean, look, Daniel Holgerson has Texas Tech's number. I think I've said this on on a previous episode, but he when he was at West Virginia, man, he had Tech's number. He had Cliff's number. He knew exactly what to do to beat us because he was at Tech for a long time. He was assistant here for mm-hmm. I think eight seasons or something like that. So he understood like how big of a game this was to him. It was definitely a little personal to him because he was here for so long, considered uh, loving his home for many years uh, during the uh, during the heydays in Leech era. So you know it it, it was um, we, we didn't. I think we got one victory. I think Cliff got one victory over Dana, and it was on the road. And then after that, we didn't beat him yet. So uh, now we've gotten four straight victories against West Virginia, and. It feels awesome. You know, we, uh, the, the series as a whole is tied up at six, six apiece. And okay. I'm happy about it. You know, we get them next year in West Virginia out there in Morgantown. Let's continue the streak, man. Let's make it five oh, in a yeah. row. Let's make six in a row. <laughs> like, let's just keep <laughs> on going down the line, man. Um, would absolutely love to see it. Be thrilled for it. Uh, let's go and get into some numbers here, though, from, from this past Saturday's game. Sex Tech offense put up. 594 total yards in this one 355 the air and 239 on the ground real uh one definitely one more balanced attacks i think we've seen this season typically they're kind of lopsided either way um they kind of you know tilts one way or the other it was a good day for offense yeah yeah absolutely fantastic day definitely this offense looked just rolling you definitely see that with baron morton as a quarterback it has allowed Kitley to become more creative with his play calling. You notice that? Yeah, I've noticed it as well. This is like I, I don't like I said I talked about it earlier. Like he's added more of like those RPOs, those options to it, and I don't know if it's just Baron's 
quicker release. I, I imagine that does help when it comes to those plays because those are fast motions. But I also think it's a little bit of a just uh, Zach, like uh, Zach Kaley just game planning it now for some of our players. Like we're actually running slats now and a couple screens and shorter passes. And it's – I don't know if that's just a testament of the skill set that we're working with with our quarterback now or we just couldn't do that with Donovan Smith before. But – um. Yeah, it's uh, it's been working, and I mean, hey, it's uh, it's all about finding the right the the right uh, personnel to to run the scheme, and well, that's really all I could say. It's working, so you can't really stop it. Like I know Shuck is supposed to, I know I know there's still talks, you know, hasn't really been activated all season. We'll see if it happens at all, but I I don't know. Do you take them out now? Now that what you, you know, see. that's uh that's an argument a lot of uh, a lot of fans are having on Twitter right now. Um, you know, it's definitely definitely something needs to be talked about, you know? you know. And I think I was actually gonna bring that up to you later on in the pod. Um, you know, what 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 are you doing right now, Zuni? Like you're the head coach, you see that Morton's been playing very, very well, but you got your starter who won the job in camp mm-hmm. coming back off of injury, been medically cleared by the by the training staff. You know where where are you going with this, Zuni? Do you, do you keep Morton with the hot hand, or do you put in your star from the beginning? What are you doing, Zuni? Me personally, who we have? We have Baylor next week, um, yes, or home. this week. Baylor at home this week. In my opinion, Jonah, you know, Shuck was supposed to be the starter this season. Obviously, the 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 coaches in that room like the talent there as well. And maybe each quarterback just has a different kind of game plan of an offense of uh, which we're meant to do with them. I guess you could say maybe the downfield passing, which we saw more with Donovan Smith, was uh, more of his forte, and Barry Morris is more of the quick passing game. So I'd love to see Shuck in this offense. And to be honest with you, since uh, this is the easier part of our schedule, I mean, I don't see why not. Our defense is going to keep us in game. So honestly, if it's me, I'd um. I'd start Chuck on Bay- uh, against Baylor this week and see see what our offense could look like with him. You know, maybe it's even better than with uh with Morton. Who knows? Who's to say? We haven't been able to see it this season, unfortunately. Yeah, we've only seen one quarter of uh Tyler Shuck this year, but I'm kind of on the opposite side. Of that. I think you should still stick with Morton as your QB one for the time being, if he starts to slip up, if he's not playing well, making dumb decisions, making bad reads, then like, okay, Tyler, let's, let's roll. Uh, so I think that actually puts a little bit uh, more pressure on uh bear Morton to succeed in this, but I think he can rise up to it. I mean, what was really the expectation of him going into Oklahoma state? It wasn't really very high. We were just like, you know, I mean, Smith's been struggling a little bit. You know, let, let's let, let's just see what happens, you know. And then he he wowed us all. And he wowed us all in this game as well. Let me get to his numbers right now. Baron Morton was 28 for 45, passing with 325 yards and two touchdowns. It's pretty damn good. You know, like you're gonna bad. tell me, you're gonna tell me I'm gonna sit that guy out for Baylor. No, I'm not doing that. You know, and sometimes and, and it's really to no fault of Shuck's own, but like, hey, you know, best abilities, availability. You know, you, you've, you've been hurt the last two years. I mean, remember when we were, um, remember as tech fans, we were ready to write, uh, write Alan Bowman off, you know, when he got hurt his second year in a row? Like, mm-hmm. I don't see us keeping that same energy. It's like, where, where, where did that kind of mentality go? And I understand, you know, I'm not comparing Bowman and Shuck at all by any means. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching staff. I think that's why the arguments started to get a little more heated towards Bowman and ran him out of town. He ended up transferring to Michigan. 
Um, he still, mm-hmm. you know, reps tech though. He still likes Texas Tech, which I I find pretty cool. He definitely gives a shout out when we beat UT. So I still like Alan Bowman. I, I know nothing against the kid. I'm 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 happy that he's happy. Um, but it's kind of weird that we don't keep the same energy in in this regard. So, and once again, no fault to Shucks own, but like I'm gonna go with Baron Morton in this game. Yeah, until he slips up and then throw him in there because he he has a hot hand. hand. He's playing with um, a lot of moxie right now. I like it. So, <laughs> I agree or disagree. I don't know. I'd uh, maybe throw in a quarter or two. Just kind of depends. Um, honestly, I'm surprised with how this game went. At why we didn't, you know, see what we had in him then. You know, at least have him suit up if he's uh, available. Shuck, I mean. But um, yeah, I don't know if he's uh, if he's full on availability. I can't think of a. If you had to pick a game, what else on the schedule would you like to see Shuck? Like a get right game, right? Uh, of a uh, uh, get his feet kind of wet game. Like I can't think of another game on the schedule. Uh, Baylor's a good one to start with, in my good opinion. Good test, man. I mean, they're they are a good team, though. Yeah, and so um, we'll, we'll get to Baylor in just a just a minute. Just a minute. But, uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm gonna run through some some more uh, players, some more key contributors of this past game. Uh, rushing. I mean, Taj Brooks absolutely broke off tonight. Had uh, 17 rushes for 107 yards okay. and two okay. touchdowns. Started Thompson with 15 carries, 59 yards and one touchdown. Got to see Bryson Donnell, too, the uh, true freshman running back in this game. Uh, later on, had eight carries for 49 yards. He was um, he was carrying some dudes, man. He was tra- He's not afraid of contact. So, oh. with Baron and Bryson Donnell kind of like getting a little glimpse at the future of this offense. Like I feel pretty, pretty good. And this is a young receiving core too right now. This guy's gonna stay around for a couple more years. Yeah, it's a stack receiving core so, right now. You know, we're we're seeing a lot of um a lot of future right now, uh offensive offensively speaking. You know, def- on, on the flip side of that though, I do get a little worried defensively because we are losing a lot of guys this next year, but we'll uh we'll just enjoy that enjoy them for the time that we have them here. We'll focus on that another time. But you know, we're really getting a good glimpse in this feature. Love to see it, man. And then on the defensive side, um, we had a uh, Kosai Eldridge with uh, seven tackles in this game. Really led led the game. Surprisingly, Christian Merriweather did not uh, lead the team in tackles. Like first game all season. Uh, they have Marquise Waters with seven tackles, three tackles for loss, and an interception. I believe. Hold on. Did he have a pick in this game? Let me look at this up right now. <laughs> um, let's see. We had three turnovers, I believe. This we game. had three interceptions. Two, I thought it was two picks and a fumble. We had three, three picks and a fumble. Ah, that's where it was. Four turnovers, three interceptions, and Do you have pick in a this fumble, game? four turnovers. INTs. Uh, does not look like he had a pick in this game. No, you not have picked this game. Dang, I thought he did. It was oh, it was Malik Dunlap. I'm sorry, the other stud, the other side. <laughs> Malik Dunlap had that one. Uh, and then of course, uh, Dejon Taylor Demerson with seven tackles, one tackle for loss, and one interception. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, it was um yeah, good good day for defense. You know, uh, I don't know if um, uh, hold on a sec. I was trying to look to see if um, Terry Wilson had a sack in this game. He had, uh, he had half a second's game. <laughs> Still, you know, you know, it's not um, phenomenal by any means, but you know, is that is it? Five still and a half on the quarterback. Year. You know, he's six still going to get the quarterback. Yeah. Was that five and a half on the year? Six and a half on the year? Something like that. I don't yeah, know. yeah. So, I mean, Tyree Wilson's the first round draft pick. He's getting graded very, very highly. Oh yeah. 
Loves he's, it. He, he's making, he's, uh, he'll make some big bucks. Next level. He's lining himself up real nice for a nice paycheck in the future. Oh yeah. Good for that guy. And uh, kind of glossed over receiving. Um, I wanted to touch on receiving. Xavier White has really stepped it's up a show as, the, Heck yeah. as the number one receiver while uh, Miles Price has been out. Uh, I believe we do get Miles Price back this week as well. Uh, same thing with uh, Monroe Mills at right tackle. I think we get him back this week and Tyler Shuck back. So some of those injuries that we've had, we get them back in this week, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Love to see it. And uh, so he led, he led the game with eight receptions, 139 yards, and a touchdown. Awesome performance. Uh, second was Nehemiah Martinez with six receptions and 52 yards. And then Jerome Bradley with three receptions and 42 yards. Wanted to give a shout out also to Brady Boyd, who got his first touchdown in a as a Red Raider. You know, he's transferred from Minnesota last season. Was actually teammates with Quinn Ewers when he was uh, in high school. Uh, transferred in to Texas Tech. And um, yeah, got his first grab. Love to see it. Probably the first of many, hopefully. Oh yeah, that boy, he a lanky boy. Y'all, y'all better throw him up. Give him an alley, basically, at the at the goal line. God, that boy's <laughs> long. <laughs> Didn't realize how long he was until I saw him reach up for the tutty, but Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, Donovan Smith also had a touchdown in this game as well. He went four for four, oh, 30 yards and one touchdown. Uh, it, was, it was at the very end. I think we were up like 41 to 10 and then just got a little, little quick one yeah. right there to Brady Boyd, you know, for a tutty. Awesome to see, though, regardless. Mm-hmm. So, you know, typically at this point, you know, we like to, you know, go over things we like, we didn't like. You know, I, I honestly, I don't really see what we, I, I'm, I'm not going to nitpick on this one. Really, the only thing I negative to say was what I was alluding to earlier with the um, the one conversion, well, the one fourth down conversion we didn't didn't make. Like, just kick a field goal right there, man. Like, take the points, you know, move on. Like, that was the one thing. Uh, outside of that, yeah, there was really nothing I didn't like. I mean, you played an absolute complete game. You dominated a, a, a conference opponent, not named Kansas. I mean, really, this is the only the only team outside of Kansas that we've been able to dominate in in conference play. So that's awesome to see, and you know, kept true today, kept true this past week, and uh, yeah, that's really uh, my final thoughts. Again, final thoughts on this game before we move on to uh, previewing Baylor. Uh, no, pretty much everything you said. I'm just going to put a, a, a like on it, a thumbs up, pretty <laughs> much whatever, a heart on it, whatever it is that I can do in social media lingo. But yeah, it was a complete game, and um, on to the next one. Let's keep on rolling. A game away from bowl, bowl time, baby. Just a game away from bowl time, so let's keep it rolling. All right, so moving on to our preview matchup against... The Baylor Bears got them coming into town. Baylor seeking their fifth victory as well as we are both coming in at four in three. Um, little, obviously, there's some storylines in this one. Uh, McGuire going against his former squad that he was part of for five seasons was part of uh, the recruiting process for, I think he even said in one of his pressers that he's responsible for recruiting about 95% of the roster over at Baylor. So I think some um, some argument can be made that the success Matt Rule and Dave Aranda had at Baylor over the last couple of years has been large in part due to Joe McGuire. Um, definitely argument made there. But yeah, um, first off, how do we match up? So, Zuni, give me your thoughts on Baylor right now. Baylor right now, um, yeah. scrappy-ish team. Definitely someone we don't want to take lightly, but 
considering everything that uh that's going into it, home field advantage, Joey probably Joey out here trying to probably make a statement for a team, you know. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this game against Baylor. Baylor doesn't seem like someone that's really scary to me. Do they seem like the preseason Big 12 champions to you right They don't. They don't. (laughs) Not at all. I can't say that they do. I guess some would say that they were a bit overhyped. I guess Overrated. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) A lot of the teams in the Big 12 this season, aside from TCU and Oklahoma State, overhyped. Overhyped. Yeah. Baylor and Oklahoma, top two, now have not been have not been living up to the hype. Nope, so not at all. This is and why some, I don't put a ton of stock into preseason rankings like that. Man, I really thought Texas Tech team was supposed to finish second or last, but whatever. You know, we're, I um, think we're projected to finish ninth, I believe. So yeah, yeah, and uh, we're doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a big game for us, regardless. Uh, Baylor has not beaten Texas Tech in Lubbock. Since 1990, that was the last victory. So it's been 32 years since they've got a victory in Lubbock, and it's going to remain 33. You know, it's going to keep, that number is going to keep climbing. They will not beat us at the Jones. It's going to be a night game, and it's going to be a blackout. So pretty hostile environment. It's a sold out crowd as well. There, you'll love to see for all those UT fans. I said, oh, you're never going to sell another crowd at the, your stadium ever again. Well, pick one and suck it, buddy. Hate to break it to you, sweetheart, but you know. Our fans show up. <laughs> so they do. they do. Baylor is has got quite the squad. Um, I, I did see this a little bit earlier today. I, I think I believe it was on Twitter. I don't know who tweeted out, but Texas Tech goes for it the most on fourth down. You want to know who goes for it the second most on fourth down? It's Baylor. Baylor? <laughs> <laughs> it is Baylor. It is Spoiler. Baylor. <laughs> Baylor goes for the second most. So I feel like we're not going to see a ton of punts in this game based off of that. And which is fine, you know, it's going to be a bigger challenge for these defenses. So which one really rises up the most. And kind of getting into some players to watch out for in this game. Of course, Baylor's quarterback, Blake Shapin. Uh, this dude, I, I really, for the longest time, I kind of had a hard time just put it, putting a pin on him. It's like, is is he good or does he, is is it the supporting cast? Is it him or is it the people around him that are making him look good? I mm-hmm. think it's a mixture of both. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of 50-50. I think Blake Shaban is a good quarterback. He's very quality. He's shown it this season. He has a pretty high completion percentage, completing 68% of his passes, though for over 1,600 yards this year. But he's a bit of a gunslinger, though, and does uh, make a little bit of a... Some mistakes on the end. So, Against the uh, he's th- yeah, he's thrown, uh, thrown five interceptions so far on the season. So, which I think having the defense that we do, we could probably feed off of that. Um, not to mention, he's got some pretty quality receivers led by Richard Reed. Uh, I'm sorry, not not, uh, not Richard, Richard Reed. Richard Reed, uh, fantastic four. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's their running back. Sorry. Uh, I, I got that one for you. Uh, with Gavin Holmes <laughs> as wide receiver. Uh, Gavin Holmes leading the team in, in receiving yards with 397. Uh, Monterey Baldwin with 332 yards receiving. And then also with uh, Hal Presley, a wide receiver, with uh, 230 yards on the season as well. Uh, Monterey Baldwin has four touchdowns, leads, leads his team in touchdown receptions. Um, you know, we always like to brag about our tight ends, our big tight ends, which we didn't even t- touch on. Uh, they're 
usage in the game uh, with Mason Tharp and Baylor Cup being involved. Finally got those two involved in last week's game. I expect to see a pretty good dose of them in this week's game. By the way, I wanted to go with Mason Tharp. I don't know if you saw the play where he was just carrying West Virginia defenders. Trying oh, yeah, to for like zone. 20 yards. Yeah, he was, on a, like uh, he was on a fourth down play, too, and he's just like, was not going to be stopped. Like, he, he brought all six foot nine, 260 pounds and just trying to go towards the end zone. Like, uh, what do they say? He big dicked him, you know, absolutely <laughs> just was not going to be not. He eventually did get tackled, did not get the touchdown, unfortunately. But yeah, Mason thought that, that was an incredible play as well. And I feel like that would set the tempo, but getting back to this game, getting back to this game as well. Um, yeah, they, they like to use their tight ends as well. Ben Sims with 193 uh, receiving yards on the season and uh, Drake Dabney with 161 yards on the season. Uh, no touchdowns for either one of them, shockingly. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Ben Sims has two touchdowns. Sorry, I was reading that incorrectly. Um, but yeah, so they got guys. They got some studs on the receiving end. And uh, getting to the rushing as well, uh, Richard Reese with 643 yards on the season and nine rushing touchdowns, averaging 5.5 yards a carry. He's going to be a load stop, man. He's going to be a handful to bring down and defense is really going to be, need to be ready both on the defensive back core and um and with our front seven so like i mean just just the entire unit needs to be on the same page you know we cannot afford to make these costly mistakes uh richard reese is a pretty slippery back too he can make some defenders miss and he, he can also run through your face too so uh don't um don't take him lightly also with uh, uh Quallen jones uh, who's second on the team in rushing yards with 277 and Craig Williams with 209 yards as well. So, you know, both those guys averaging also five yards per carry. Uh, Colin Jones with four touchdowns season and Craig Williams with two tutties on the season as well. So, yeah, they, they got some playmakers. They got some guys who can get yards. Um, they get a lot of yards after contact as well. So that's something you're really going to need, like just wrap up and bring them down. Make sure you do that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the uh, kind of going over some, some of those players to watch out for as well. On the defensive side, Al Wilcott leaves, uh, leaves their team in tackles with 40 on the season, which I think is a little bit less than our guy, Krishan Merriweather. Let me see. Let yeah, me see. I, yeah, Merriweather is about 50. So I'm looking point. this up right now. Yeah, Krishan Merriweather has 56 total tackles on the season. <laughs> Uh, Tyree Wilson with 41 as well. So Tyree Wilson has more tackles than he does on the season. So, but um, they, yeah, they get some, uh, and he's, he's a safety too. Dang, I didn't even realize that. I thought he was a linebacker. But yeah, also linebacker uh, Dylan Doyle, who has 33 tackles, Matt Matt Jones with 32 tackles. So yeah, they, they, they kind of do, um, they kind of have a lot of guys up there around the same tackle margin to where, um, they're not just led by one or two guys like we are. You know, they got a lot of guys really in that. It's a lot of team tackling. Yeah, a lot, lot of team it? tackling, a lot of, um, you know, just a lot gang of tackling, true pursuit, yeah. gang tackling. Yeah, there we go. I was looking for that one. So, you know, that's something to keep an eye on, to be prepared for, as well as um, just making sure that you are getting some getting some pressure on Blake Shapen as well. Not a guy that performs well under pressure. He, he has been sacked 14 times a season. So his offensive line that Baylor has is not the world beater was last season. I thought that was probably one of their strengths a year ago. Not so much this year. You can definitely get after him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my initial thoughts on this game. Um, so, in your opinion, Zuni, what could this game come down to? 
Oh, easy weather. So it's going to come down to. Yeah, love it right now, getting cold. At night, it's going to be a windy game. I can tell you that right off the bat. Tell you right now, could it come down to weather? No joke. It's going to be a run, a run style game, a quick pass kind of game. I don't know if we're going to see the downfield passing. And if Baron starts again, then hey, that's kind of what we've been flourishing off. So this is actually going to work in our favor. I, I do genuinely think the weather could play. A, a factor as far as the wind goes because it is fall time in Lubbock and if you've been out here it's pretty windy it's there's a lot of gust let's just a lot put of dust it in the air a lot of dust a lot of dust but uh yeah no just uh just off of matchups I think we do we match up really well our our defense is still like we've been saying it all day all year strength of our team going against uh um a just an average Baylor offense. Like, they're good. They get yards. But um, I wouldn't say they're amazing. I wouldn't say that they're the best either. I mean, their third down percentage is kind of trash, just like ours. Ah, no. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think we match up well. I think uh, the approach to this game will be our run game, though. I think we just ride it with what our offense has been working with, and that's running the football. We've It's kind of come alive these past two weeks. I hope it continues to – thrive and let's use these two talented running backs you know and especially since their d-line isn't anything to really write home about in my opinion so yeah this is kind of another another uh, uh solid matchup for us and it's at home so well we should be pretty good i think as far as yeah, offense uh, that you mentioned though um it's been pretty it's, it's been stable for the most part I'm not really going to get too much into these numbers. I think these numbers are a little bit um, kind of padded. Yeah, a little, a little inflated, inflated, a little padded. Because um, Baylor does average 37 points on the season. Uh, West Virginia averaged 38, and we beat the brakes off them. Uh, I think West Virginia also averaged like 462 yards per game, uh, to whereas Baylor averages 458 yards a game. So once again, kind of padded. It really depends on... Who's going to show up? Like, are, are you going to show up to the Jones? Probably not. So, what I think this game could come down to, you you were talking about weather. I'm thinking Joey McGuire. You know, not for the reasons you might be thinking. Like, oh, he's our head coach. Obviously, it's going to come down to the decisions he makes. No, 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 no. It's going to come down to him because he knows every single player on that team. He knows yeah, their weaknesses. <laughs> he knows who they are. He's built relationships with them. He was responsible for recruiting them, getting them on the Baylor, sell them on the idea. And now he is on our side. He is the head coach at Texas Tech. He knows what those players' weaknesses are. And he is going to do his damnedest to prepare this team to exploit them in every way possible. And I think that might be a deciding factor. Now, Dave That's Randa is a good game planner. He can game plan around that. I, I want to give Dave Randa his due. He's, he's a really damn good coach. So he he's going to be ready for that. And so I think we're going to see some things that probably Baylor has not dialed up both offensively and defensively because Dave Randa is a defensive coach. So he's going to dial some things we haven't seen before um, this, this whole season uh, just in preparation for this game because Baylor's also looking to get to bowl eligibility. And that's what I was alluding to. I think this game is the most important one of the season because you win this game, you're five and three on the year. You need one more win to get to bowl eligibility. 
and the rest of your schedule looks pretty winnable after that. You know, TCU is probably the toughest one. Uh, Oklahoma at the end of the year, which uh, heard a rumor that the Lone Raiders might be at that game. Um, you know, just a little uh, little tidbit there if you want to say hi to us. Uh, but <laughs> you know, when was the last time we were able to say Oklahoma actually looked winnable? You know, probably ever. Pat, <laughs> I don't think we've ever really said last that. time, man. But, Baker, yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, we got. Uh, you got TCU, you got Iowa State, uh, I believe, uh, later on in that season. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me right now, um, but I would say, obviously, Texas doesn't play well going up north in November because, you know, they don't really play well in the cold. So you kind of have to, um, you know, take that into consideration that, you know, and plus Iowa State is still pretty pretty solid ball club. You know, all things considered, they are a scrappy team. They are they are a well-coached and tough, disciplined team. Um, But... Yeah, I think you do that. And, of course, you got Kansas at home as well. So, Kansas kind of fallen off ever since uh, Jalen Daniels got hurt. So, they're looking like them old selves again. <laughs> uh, yep. They did they did manifest a little bit of a comeback against Baylor last week in Waco. Uh, Baylor kind of tried to give that one away. They ultimately did not end up scoring a game-stealing touchdown. So, you know, this is a... I, that's why I said this is a very important game in that regard to get to bowl eligibility. Now, I think you could still get to realistically seven, eight wins on the season right now. Like, realistically, you can do that. But will it actually happen? Because I don't know. Because I think all those games I mentioned are winnable ball games for us, aside from perhaps a, a TCU. You know, I think that and, one might be a little, uh, might be the one where we're looking at going like, eh. Maybe, maybe that one's an L because TCU has uh, really know, surprised man. a lot of us this year. But I don't know. You never all those other games, all those four games after that one, I mean, they look winnable. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree you get the with win you. Day, I mean, hell, you could you end up it's with a, realistically nine wins out, it's out, a, out of the season. It's a, a easier latter part of our sque- schedule, that's for sure. But, I mean, it's still take it game by game, you know, because, like I said, this Big 12 te- uh, division is, like, the best I've seen it in years, the most competitive I've seen it in years. So nothing is a given, even if they do look winnable right now, you know, but um, yeah, if we need two more wins for bowl eligibility, I think we could scrap out an, Ohio, an Iowa state win and a Kansas one too. So, you know, yeah, I mean, this is what really helps you at the beginning of the year when you have such a gauntlet, like we went through <clears throat> that, you know, second half of the season, Kind of downhill. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it kind of just it, it, you know, by. Obviously, TCU gonna be the one that's uh, you know, that uh, that real thorn in the side. You know, obviously, you want to upset TCU, and who knows? I think we probably got a squad that can upset even, TCU. Even that game. I mean, that one's gonna be um, gonna be mostly red anyways. So a lot of Red Raider fans are gonna go to that one anyway. Yeah, take over that stadium. Game, so, so you know, because TCU fans never really show up. Neither do Baylor fans, which is why I'm really glad we have them in Lubbock because I was at this game a season ago in Waco uh, during the last game of the season. Um, Baylor was number eight team in the country. And I was at, the, I was at McLean Stadium with my brother. It was kind of cold, a little bit of a little bit of drizzle here and there. Nothing really, you know, too much to, you know, fawn over. But it was um, a stadium that was half full, <laughs> you know. Half full, You're wow. the eighth ranked team in the country on your team's senior night. And you can't fill your own stadium, like yeah, like 
Baylor um, fans are almost non-existent. They they do not support <laughs> the way that Texas. If Texas was the eighth-ranked team in the country, you think there's an empty seat in the Jones? I don't no, think there's a. Not. I don't think there's a city of Lubbock, Jonah. To be honest with you, <laughs> right? If there's if Texas, yeah, that's kind of wrong. I didn't know. Tickets yeah. gonna be three hundred dollars a piece at those games. Okay, <laughs> that's what <laughs> they're, that's they're gonna be. But yeah, also another reason I'm I'm. So about what you got from you, buddy? What you got? Score prediction. What do you think? <sighs> well, I was gonna get into keys to victory, though. I was gonna get into that. Oh, but we got you know the keys. I kind of don't want to. I, I really don't want to. It's kind of Joey. That's all we got. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna count on Joey. Me, but Joey's gonna he, he he gonna do us right. He gonna do us right. Keys to victory. I think. Oh, well, I think one is going to be the crowd. I mean, obviously, it's a sold out game. It's a blackout. Crowd's gonna be riled up, you're gonna be loud all game long. And that's gonna bode well in Tech's favor. Cause you know, this team, they they feed off that. They love that. You know, they, they want them to be rowdy it. as well. So I think that's another one. As I was mentioning, Joe McGuire, it, just his knowledge of all the players on that team, you know, that's gonna be another key to victory and how uh, uh how he responds. Because you know Dave Ren's gonna throw some other things out, things that they haven't seen on film all season. So that's gonna be how we adjust to that. And I think the other key to victory, as I was alluding to, this is, this is off the dome, by the way. I did not have any of this prepared, <laughs> uh, just for the record. But I think it's just going to be playing consistently on offense, you know, making those drives that we've seen these last two games. You know, we, we've seen this team just, you know, put up almost 500 yards against, um, against uh, uh, Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago. They put up almost 600 against West Virginia at home. So, just kind of keep that momentum going. Just keep riding it. Like you were saying, just keep this one going. You know, and that's why I think the keys to victory are going to be. So, score predictions. What this one's going to be, this one is tough, tough. Zoom, do you got one, man? Yeah, so we're two and a half, uh, what, uh, two and a half point favorites. So, they're expecting a closer game. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, I think there will be some pride from those Baylor players to make it a game solely off of Joey. But um, I think it'll be a close game throughout, but I think we'll probably run away with it in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to go ahead and call it. It's going to be 37 to 24. I think that will end up being the final score for me. 37 to 24. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, it's about in line as what I was thinking. I have Texas Tech winning 37 to 28. 28. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. our score predictions. We're in agreement with you there. I don't think it'll be a close game towards the stretch. I think there's too many factors of uh, uh, too many advantages, home field and all, that's just going to play into this. And yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, man. So, yeah. But I'm excited to see this Tech team get a much needed dub over Baylor to um, keep fighting for bowl eligibility. So really look forward to it. That's the score predictions. And that will wrap up the um, kind of main main topics of today. And uh, now is, uh, is it, do you know what time it is, buddy? It's that uh, cha-cha-cha-ching easy money. I'm sorry, what is it? Cha-cha-cha-ching. It's easy money, Joe. It is my time friend. for some easy Easy money. Let's well, get it. We lose you money. Here comes the money.
All right, welcome in to Easy Money. Um, just going to go ahead and get right on into this one. Not going to focus on last week, not because we had bad weeks, but just because eh, we, we, we didn't really prepare. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out we'll uh we'll probably let you guys know on the uh on the twitter sphere if you want to know how we did this past week i did perfect I just say, oh yeah i'm pretty sure i did perfect as well i did uh, we'll see though <laughs> we'll see but pretty good slate of games this week that we picked here first up rivalry game battle for paul bunyan's trophy Got Michigan State going on the road to Ann Arbor to take on our travel, Michigan. Michigan, a 21.5 point favorite with the over under of 54.5. Zuni, who do you like here, buddy? You know, it's a rivalry game, so I never really know. <laughs> I really don't. That's what I love about college football. Just uh, your team uh, rivalries will play up to you, regardless of talent sometimes. So, with that said, I actually think uh, Michigan State will cover, and I think they ultimately lose, but I think uh, I think it's an over as well. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a closer game between Michigan and Michigan State. So, yeah, Michigan State beating the spread. I actually I have Michigan um, covering the spread. I think they'll win by probably a margin of 35 to 0. You think so? Uh, yeah, I think they're pretty pissed about last year, and uh, they have a really good squad this season. And Michigan State does not have a good squad this season. This well, is not true. as good of a squad this season. This is true, but somehow no, Michigan I think always they plays down to their opponent. That's my opinion. That, that is true. That is true. In robbery <laughs> games, you never really know. But uh, as Taylor Lewan would say, I think they donkey punch them. And okay. uh, it's going to be, um, yeah, Michigan's, Michigan's going to run with this one. I... I'm going to take the under in this one at 54 and a half, mostly because I think that's probably more of a realistic score right there. It's probably 35-0 game from uh, by I'm going Michigan. for the realisticness of a, of yeah, a score. Yeah. You know what? I'm going for the upset. I take it. Back. I got you, man. I got you. Oh, you're going to take Michigan State outright. No, no. They're going to cover <laughs> okay. and they're going to <laughs> they're going to hit the over, I think, though. Gotcha, it's going to be like gotcha. a 30-33. That's what I'm calling 30-33 game right there. You heard it here, folks. Ready here first, folks. 30, 30. Gotcha, man. Up next, got Pittsburgh versus North Carolina. North Carolina, a three-point favorite with the over-under of 64. This one is kind of interesting, uh, considering that I feel like both squads have been kind of disappointing this season for the most part. Would you say, you know, I feel like they've really fallen off yeah, not, not exactly the type of seasons I know their fan bases was uh, expecting, I would say. Really Far cry from where they usually do. They're usually at least ranked, at least by this part of the season. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just pick Pittsburgh to go ahead and um, actually upset North Carolina. But, honestly, you can go either way on this one. And uh, I, I think they hit the under between the both of the teams. Yeah, I'm going to take the under in this one. Uh, I think I think UNC will cover though. Uh, I think they'll defend home field. Okay. I don't know, Up next, man. got another rivalry game: Florida versus Georgia. Georgia, a twenty-two and a half point favorite, with the over/under of fifty-six and a half. Um, I'm gonna take the dogs in this one. The dogs. Uh, the dogs. <laughs> I think I think they will actually cover that one. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're just damn good. They're playing on a different level right now. Did have one scary game against Mizzou, but hey, you know that's a uh, you know anomalies do happen every now and then. So, you know. Yeah, typically there's that game but, that'll yeah. kind of wake you up. And Georgia will season. will blow the doors off of Florida. Yeah, I agree with you. Here. They're gonna. I cover think I'm gonna go ahead and I I I want to bet the over, but yeah, I think that's what I'll, do. I'll bet the over. Yeah, I'm with. I'm gonna agree with you. I am. Uh, I'm. Uh, they're gonna cover and they're gonna hit the over. This is George is gonna get right with this game. You're gonna be like, you know what? It's just Florida, <laughs> and it's in Athens. Yeah, it's a. So. Uh, up next, got Coastal Carolina going on the road to take on Marshall, Henry Columbus Marshall team, by the way. Uh, Marshall, a two and a half point favorite with the over under of 55 and a half. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna ride the, the Columbia train. Henry Columbia, our boy, was at Texas Tech, represented us pretty well. Now playing for the Thunder and Herd out there in Huntington, West Virginia. I'm going to go ahead and take Marshall at home and give me the over in that one, baby. Um, I actually think oh. Coastal Carolina is gonna upset Marshall. Oh, hot take! Hot take. Coastal Carolina is actually the best Florida team in Florida. That's a joke. Um, but yeah, no, I think the I think they're actually gonna be Marshall. But as for the over and under, I'm taking the under on this one. Yeah, low lower scoring game between the teams. Both teams has not approved that. That's actually a really good matchup. I might actually watch this one. <laughs> Coast Carolina versus Marshall. Tyler Wise. Go on, man. Nice. Go on. You know, got some good things going on in the Conference USA, man. Uh, or was it the Sun Belt? I, I think they had a couple teams merge and switch up. I, I can never really keep up with it anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I, think, I think it's the Sun Belt. I think Marshall. I'm pretty sure it's the Sun Belt. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of people yelling at us. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> also, another rivalry game this week Ohio State going on the road to take on Penn State. Ohio State, a 15 and a half point favorite with the over under of 61. I like that margin where the over under is going to be. I still think I'm going to take the under in that one. Um, I, I don't think Ohio State covers. I, 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 think, I think Penn State will beat the spread. I am going to disagree. I think Ohio State does cover, and I think they hit the over as well. Penn State, Penn State's nice, but I mean, eh. eh uh, I don't It's fine. They're going <laughs> to put them in their no-name jerseys. <laughs> Nameless jerseys. Nameless jerseys. Uh, since you I actually asked me a lot of, you, you asked me a lot of trivia, do you know the one school that has never worn last names on the back of the jerseys? That would not. Notre Dame? No. Is it Penn State? No. The one school that's never had names at the back of the jersey. Oh, this is definitely like a. Oh, I'll give you a hint. We're like about a... to say it. <laughs> We're about to get to the game. Oh, are we? Is it Nebraska? No. <laughs> no, they have them on. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah, Illinois. Illinois? No. Uh, USC? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that would have been my next guess, but I could have swore I saw Darnold on the Sam Darnold. USC jersey, no, no, you never saw it. USC is the only school that's never worn last names on the back of the jerseys. Tradition like no other, right? Uh, anyways, Notre Dame's done it. Notre Dame has, yeah, they did for the. They, I think they typically do it for the CFP playoff when, whenever they make that. And Penn State 
like sometimes they do it whenever they make yeah i think whenever they make a big bowl game or uh um yeah down along those lines but they have worn last hands by the churches yeah but other than that they're very traditional so. I guess. And we'll say the wide out of Penn State, that is a game I want to go to. Like, I have no affiliation with Penn State or any any Big Ten team for that matter. But mm-hmm. after seeing that wide out game uh, just over the years, I'm like, you know what? You know, I was watching this past week against Minnesota. I'm like, you know what? That crowd looks electric right now, man. Like, I would love to just buy a ticket to go to that game, just, just to be there, just to feel the um, electricity in the air. You know, because you know that's a great yeah. crowd, man. Just how loud that stadium is. You know, 100, 106, 109,000 people, like they said, was at that game. So, incredible. But, getting on to the next match we have. Illinois versus Nebraska. Illinois, seven and a half point favorite with the over-under of 50 and a half. This is my upset of the week. I have Nebraska winning outright, beating Illinois, and they're going to Go over the 50 and a half point mark. So losing season, a losing season anyway. So I guess might as well go all out <laughs> each game, right? So <laughs> poor Nebraska. That's all I got to say. Illinois, um, I think we'll win. I don't think they'll cover that. I mean, yeah, I don't think they'll cover. I think it'll be a closer game. And yeah, Nebraska beating the spread. I do have Nebraska beating the spread. So, and uh, I think they'll hit the over, though. I will between both the teams. Awesome. Up next, just alluding to this team a little earlier, USC going to take on Arizona. USC a 15-point favorite with the over-under of 76. That's a lot of offense Gosh. right there, man. I'm going to take the under in that one, and but I do have USC covering, though. Uh, I agree with you there. Wow, poor Arizona. <laughs> Arizona is <laughs> right, pretty this, Yeah, no I'm move on this year. Mosey on up. Now getting to some Big 12 play. Oklahoma State... Go on the road, take on Kansas State. Kansas State, a one-and-a-half-point favorite with the over-under of 56. Zoom, who you liking that one, man? That's a tough one for me. Kind of wild that Oklahoma State's the underdog in this game. Trap game, maybe. I'm going with <laughs> I'm going with the Cowboys here. I think they're going to win outright, and I think they will hit the over between the two teams. Uh, this one's difficult. I think I'm going to... Take the home team in Kansas State. If this one was on the road, I, I had Oklahoma State, but since it's in Manhattan, I gotta go with the Wildcats. I think they they cover. They'll 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 win by two. Might they'll be three. Two I don't points. know. It, it's not gonna be um it's not gonna be a blowout on either side, whoever comes out victorious. Um and I kinda wanna take the under in this one. Hmm. So, yeah. Also, remember, there might not be a Martinez this game. So, that is true. That is true. They get her last game. So, just FYI. Gotcha. Gotcha. We're trying to win people here money, Jonah. Gosh, <laughs> people are playing their taking out second mortgages for this. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. But <laughs> so, you got K State uh, covering and hitting the under? Yes. Between the two teams? All righty then. Up next, got Oklahoma. Versus Iowa State, Oklahoma one and a half point favorite. The over under of fifty five and a half. Uh, I got OU I would, covering. <laughs> this is such a sad game. <laughs> and I think I'm gonna take the under in this one. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma covers, and I think they'll. Oh, they have not been good. <laughs> um, 
I think I'm going to go with the under as well. No, I'm going to go with the over. I think Iowa State makes it just enough of a game for Oklahoma to be like, you know what? I guess we have to go get a field goal. Risky moves, man. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think I'm going to hit the over. Oklahoma. Yeah. When so. Next up, we got TCU versus West Virginia. My upset of the town. week. TCU a seven-point favorite with the over-under of 69. Nice. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and take West Virginia to beat the spread. And I think this one is going to stay under. I think a little bit. I'm been the under a lot this week. Uh, so I feel like I'm going to be wrong. Uh, but I'm, I'm still going to stick with it. I'm going to take the under this one. I'm going to take the under as well. And I have West Virginia actually upsetting TCU this week. So screw it. Who cares? Maybe that'll happen. Right That'd on. Be nice. That'd be amazing if it did. What? 24 27. It'd be a gritty game. Be a all run. <laughs> all runs. No punts. Maybe one pass. A pass or two. Real Iowa State. Iowa. Iowa offense. You know what I mean? Not Iowa State, oh, my Iowa. God. Iowa's offense is abysmal, dude. Uh. <laughs> I love to see how worse it gets week to week. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to watch Iowa anymore. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> uh, but, I don't know why you were to begin with, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why either, honestly. I just, I just love college football that much. Um, but getting on to the last game, always ended with the Texas Tech game. Baylor versus Texas Tech in the butt bowl, as they say. Uh, Texas Tech, two and a half Ooh. point favorite, the over-under of 61 and a half. Um, stick with our original score predictions. I believe that means I take Tech to cover, and I believe it's the over, if I'm not mistaken, if my math is correct. I don't know. You measure the math, student. Am I correct? What did you say? You said 37. 38, 27. No, 37, 37, 28. To 28. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah, that would uh that would cover the over. Okay. That would that would be the over. Mine would actually be the under, believe it or not. By half a point. Half a point? Yeah. (laughs) By half a point. I'm taking it. It's it's that that draw line right there. It's that draw line, that half a point. I had sixty one exactly between the thirty-seven twenty-four direct uh prediction. But uh yeah. Um I guess uh that'll do it for us. That'll do it for easy money today. Um, before we uh, go ahead and get into final thoughts or anything like that, I believe you got some trivia for me this week, man. Trivia, really some uh nice ones for you, Jonah. Gotcha. See if you could guess this one right off the bat. Might be a trick question. I don't know. But so far, throughout this 2020 sec- uh, 2022 season of college football, who is the fastest offense in the country right now? Who calls the most plays per game? Can you give me an answer? Most plays per game right now? Right now, the, the teams that run the most plays. Who is Texas number Tech. one in the country? Actually, he is correct. It is Texas Tech. There we, we go. About, we actually average about 103 plays right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wearing down that day. defense, man. <laughs> hey, you better be conditioned if you're going to play us. Cost. Yeah, our old linemen are probably built like our tight ends. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> another quick little, quick little uh, trivia uh, for you. Uh, see if you can guess this one. Staying on the offenses. But uh, can you guess which uh, two programs in the nation are the top scoring offenses? Right now? Right now, currently. Um, I think I'm going to go 
with Ohio State being one of them. Okay. And scoring offense. I'm trying to think of some trying to think of another one. Um Ohio State Ohio State's gotta be one of them. Are, are they one of them? Ohio State is one of them. So okay. I'll give you that one. The next one. I bet you can't guess the second one. You bet I can't guess the second one? Is it a group of five school? It is. Group of five school. Okay. Um, then I want, uh, I want to say like UTSA. <laughs> no, I'm a liar. It was actually a power five. Oh, it is a power five? It is a power five school. Uh, well, Sorry, Laddie. Actually, buddy, funny enough. Get your shit together. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, this season, second uh, best scoring offense in the country has actually been Tennessee. How Tennessee, disgusting. okay. Tennessee, how disgusting. I said if they're a group of five, man. Tennessee is a power, power five, dude. Come yeah, on. Power, now. power five. I heard it wrong. I thought I heard power originally. Hey, man, you didn't seem like you were going to guess it anyways. You could have went with anyone like a BYU for all I know. They score a lot sometimes. Not this season, though. <laughs> no, apparently not. They got their ass whooped against Liberty. <laughs> oh man, lost me some money on that game. But you know, I'm not mad about it. Not mad at all. That one bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, you got any final thoughts? Any shout outs, buddy? Shout out my cat. And let's go, Red Raiders. That's really it. I got off for this week, buddy. Absolutely. I want to shout out our boy Nesto, who has been on the pod, but uh, really engaging with us in the um, in the Twitter spaces that we do. Might do one this week. And uh, yeah, I also want to shout out uh, that we will be in Lubbock uh, for the OU game this uh, this year. Uh, I believe that's on November 26th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's the game. But uh, yeah, it's right after Thanksgiving. We'll be there for that one, the senior night to watch the seniors go out. And uh, yeah, really look forward to get back up to Lubbock to celebrate with the boys. You know, you can see the boys up there. And uh, yeah, really looking, really looking forward to it. <laughs> but that will go ahead and do it for this episode. Uh, well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, for Nathan Zuniga, I'm Joan Young saying so long. And we'll see you next time here on the Lone Raider Podcast. Bye-bye.